Hello and welcome to The World in 10, the big news stories of the day, explained and analysed by The Times of London. Today with Rebecca Myers and James Hansen. On today's episode, what's gone wrong with Germany? For decades, Germany's been seen as the economic and political powerhouse of Europe. But now, a sense of dysfunction pervades the country, with rising unrest, a struggling economy and growing support for the hard right. The Times' Berlin correspondent, Oliver Moody, has been writing about this. Hi, Oliver. Hi, how's it going? Good, thanks. Just tell us a bit more about the problems Germany is facing at the moment. Germany is in a situation which is not existential or kind of in any serious democratic danger, but where there is a sense that is widespread of things unravelling and old systems no longer really doing their job. We're seeing a really uncharacteristically broad wave of strikes. We have seen the various strands of the right from the mainstream conservatives all the way through to neo-Nazis and and really hardcore right-wing extremists beginning to kind of interweave in, in new and in some cases slightly troubling ways. And there's also just a general air of dysfunctionality that is strongly associated with the problems in the German economy. And Oliver, until a few years ago, Germany was seen almost as the model for a successful liberal democracy. What went wrong? I would say the the really fundamental issue that underpins a lot of these areas from the intense unpopularity of the government to the strikes to the farmers' protests against losing their agricultural diesel subsidies is the rule on borrowing that Angela Merkel, the last chancellor, introduced a little bit over a decade ago. I appreciate this is the sort of thing that makes people's eyes glaze over, but bear with me. There's a rule in the German constitution and has been since 2011 that the government can't borrow more than 0.35% of GDP in a year. And what that means is that it is basically very difficult to invest in things like infrastructure or schools or digitization or the green transition. And as a result, very large parts of Germany's state and public services are just getting very tired and superannuated. And Oliver, should the rest of the world be worried? You mentioned in your piece there have been comparisons with the Weimar years. Personally, I think the Weimar comparisons are overcooked. One reason is that the level of economic pain that we've seen over the past four years in Germany is just not comparable to what happened with the 1923 hyperinflation crisis when you had a kilo of pork suddenly costing 400 billion Reichsmarks And it's not comparable with the 1929 Wall Street crash, where you had the the ruination of large numbers of small German investors and an absolutely devastating rise in unemployment. A second reason why we're not in Weimar, in my view now, is that in Weimar, the state was under attack by the Nazis, but also by the far left, primarily in the shape of the Communist Party. The far left are not there in anything like the same form today, And the IFD, the main right-wing populist party, is not the Nazi party, however much some of its members may share some views of the Nazi party. And then the third reason is that Weimar has already happened, and it led to 
probably the worst thing that has taken place in human history. And so we have that as a guide, as a template, and as a warning that is still very, very present in German public discourse. So I would say it's not a guarantee that the same mistakes won't be made again, but it's certainly something that we're much more aware of as a possibility now. Thanks, Oliver. That's The Times' Berlin correspondent, Oliver Moody. around your office or probably your local park or cafe at the weekend, chances are you will see plenty of people wearing an Apple Watch. But the Times' consumer affairs correspondent Andrew Elson had an unusual message from a reader who wears one, which prompted his story on the website today. Andrew told us more. This was first came to my attention late last week when a Times reader got in touch. They sent me a picture of a circular burn on their wrist and said, the message I've been wearing my watch for several months and it's been absolutely fine. And suddenly this what looked like a burn mark appeared. I took the strap off, but so I changed the strap and I wore it looser and it was still happening. And we were slightly worried about it. So we did some research online and he said, I think you should have a look because there's literally hundreds of people reporting the same thing. So I spent the past couple of days going through lots of the forums on Apple's own website and there are hundreds of posts of pictures some of them showing quite horrific burns actually seeping blisters two more sort of modest sort of circular red marks on the Apple website on these community forums at the top there's a sort of a a button you can click that says me too if the same problem that's being discussed in this forum has, has affected you and on these forums hundreds of people are clicking these on one of the most popular forums I think nearly 1600 people have clicked me too and some were speculating and i have no idea whether this is correct or not that it may have been to do with an operating system update to the watch at that time now an interesting element of the story is a lot of the people have approached apple and they've said they've been given short shrift by the company who've sort of been fairly dismissive and told them that it could be because they're allergic to the metal in their watch or they should clean their watch more now i approached apple and they completely ignored me. I then went back to them and said, people are looking for an answer. I'm going to bring this story. Eventually, they came back and said, oh, we're not commenting at this time. So at the moment, there's been no explanation offered whatsoever from Apple, whether they genuinely believe this is an allergic reaction. If it is, in some cases, it seems very serious. Or whether there's some kind of fault in the phone, or is it just some models malfunctioning? Is it an update? We simply don't know. That's The Times' consumer affairs correspondent, Andrew Elson. Tipo double O flour. My favorite type of food to cook is Italian. I absolutely love making fresh pasta. It's just very... This is The Sound of Cooking with Brooklyn, a series of eight-minute videos filmed for Instagram and Facebook in which Brooklyn Beckham, son of soccer legend David, cooks for his two million followers. Brooklyn started these videos in 2021 and it looks like his cooking career is moving to the next level, as he told The Times today. He's curated a menu for Uber Eats for food delivery, which lucky Londoners can order from next week. That's right. If you live in London, you can order Brooklyn. Brooklyn's special breakfast sandwich with sausages, bacon and egg, or a slow-cooked Wagyu bolognese, or Chinese-style pork and prawn dumplings and chicken tikka masala. Now, we should say these are all on the theme of British classics. That's a pretty classic breakfast sandwich here in the UK. And having an Indian takeaway, Brooklyn says, is the most British thing to do. 
even more British, but not on Brooklyn's Uber Eats menu, is his favourite food, apparently, which he says is his death row meal, pie and mash with jellied eels, a very particularly sort of British <laughs> tradition. And I feel like at this point we should almost apologise for our culture, James. Yeah, it doesn't sound the most appetising. I have had jellied eels in the past. They're Ooh. an acquired taste, I think is the way of putting it. Brooklyn certainly sounds keen to expand it. He says his dream would be to open an English-style pub in Los Angeles, serving Chinese and Indian takeaways. So, L.A., watch out. Earlier this month, the Swedish soccer coach Sven Joran Eriksson, who's best known for managing England when David Beckham was actually their captain, revealed he has terminal cancer and may only have a year to live. Since then, there's been a huge outpouring of support for Eriksson from around the world of sports, including from Liverpool Football Club, the team he's always supported but never managed. Now, the current Liverpool coach, Jurgen Klopp, has offered the 75-year-old the chance to fulfil his lifelong dream. Klopp says he'll throw open the club's doors to Eriksson and allow him to sit in my seat in my office and do my job for a day. So maybe Sven's dream will finally come true after all. Don't forget to listen to tomorrow's episode of the podcast where, for the first time on The World in 10, we're bringing you the story that's gripped the UK over the last few weeks. It's been described as the biggest miscarriage of justice in British legal history. I was being accused of something I knew I hadn't done. You just don't know which way to turn because you know that nobody's going to believe you because as the post office keep spouting out, they're the most trusted brand. And, yeah, they were the trusted brand. So for me, it was people look at you and just assume you're a thief. That's Janet Skinner, who was sent to prison for something she didn't do. And there were hundreds, hundreds of others convicted of the same crime, despite also being innocent. It's an extraordinary David and Goliath story, which we will bring you in full tomorrow. Thanks for taking 10 minutes to stay on top of the world with the help of The Times of London. See you tomorrow. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.